The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Room Around League Podcast. I'm your host, former NFL scout, Tyler Rome. Today's episode, I'll look back at the Week 2 loss to the Detroit Lions. It's another disappointing performance by the defense. They need to right the ship soon before the season gets away from them. We'll preview the Week 3 matchup versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly's 2-0. Coming off a dominating performance on Monday Night Football versus the Minnesota Vikings. A lot to get to, so here we go. First, I want to start off a little bit with Jack Del Rio's comments from last week, and even Ron Rivera's comments this week. You know, Jack basically threw Jamie Davis under the bus, saying he hasn't played um, how he played over the summer and his potential to an extent. Um, you know, it's negative comments about a young player. It's only going to diminish his confidence even more. Um, you know, basically saying Jamie played okay. I'm not saying Jamie played great, but. I just don't believe you do that to a guy that's definitely developing. And honestly, it's on the organization for the way they picked him. Jamin, you know, flew up the draft boards right before the season, right before the draft began, um, that, you know, 2021 draft. He was more of a second-round, third-round talent that flew up draft boards because of his measurables at the Combine, and he had some good tape at Kentucky, but only played one year at Kentucky, really. He really only started one year. He did only start one year. So, you know, there's a lot of potential-based traits, and sometimes potential comes to haunt you. Like, sometimes those players don't hit the potential um, for you know, a myriad of reasons. Um, but Jamin Davis is a guy I'm still high on. He's all the physical talent in the world. Yes, it has been a great year in two games. They messed up by making him a Mike linebacker right away. He wasn't a Mike in Kentucky. He never was. I don't know why they did that. So they can't fault him for stunning his development last year when it was on them. Um, Jamin Davis is a guy that is an outside linebacker, and when he plays free and doesn't have to worry about calling plays, he is a lot more loose. Um, he had a nice sack on a rush against Detroit in, um, last week. Um, he isn't very good against the run right now. He needs better at shedding you know, blocks, and obviously that's not a great trait to have as a linebacker, but you know, hopefully in time that will come. Uh, I just don't see the way that Jack approached it was correct, and you know, Ron kind of even backed up Del Rio's comments later in the week, and now Jamin's obviously upset making that um, Instagram post he made talking about criticism now deleted but obviously everyone's already seen it you know it is what it is he's not happy about it and I, I don't blame him like he's a young player that is a young guy I think 23-ish years old and someone that's no one's fully developed or matured at that point and of course if your coaches are talking bad about you how how else are you going to take it so um you know I, I just feel like Jamin they're really it's not going to end well I don't see if they could maybe trade him in the next year or two they're not going to, he's not, I don't know if he's going to hit his potential here just because it seems like the coaches aren't behind him at this point. And it's a waste of first round pick, and that's on Ron. He's the one that's in charge of personnel. Um, his picks have been, you know, kind of questionable. Chase Young obviously was a home run. Everyone knew he was the second pick overall. I, you don't really applaud him for that. Antonio Gibson was a good pick in third round for the most part, minus the fumbling issues in that draft. Cam Crow was a great pick, but that's more probably COVID. Cam Crow was not a seventh round player, but he didn't get as much. You know, film and tape, and uh, didn't have a combine. If he had a combine, I'm sure he would have had a much better, you know, draft stock. But uh, and then obviously, you know, uh, last year Jamie Davis wasn't the great pick. Sam Cosby's been okay. Um, John Bates was solid in the fourth round. St. Juice and Deami Brown are leaving a lot to be desired. Um, St. Juice can't catch, and that was in Minnesota. 
I noticed that in college, and that was on display against Detroit last week when he dropped it, you know, interception. It would have been a tough play, but he just – St. Juice can't catch. Um, and then this week uh, – and this year, obviously, Jahan Austin seemed like a hit, and that's great in the first round. Um, and that's after training back. But Jahan Austin got a real like. Fight Aaron Mathis is a guy that was overdrafted. He shouldn't have been a second-round pick. He's already gone for the year. Brian Robinson's a guy that there's hopes for, obviously, the horrible off-field in this incident. But – this team needs him. They need someone that's going to hit the hole hard and, you know, get those tough yards. So I think that he hopefully will be a quality third-round pick. Fourth-round Percy Butler probably was overdrafted. He's a special teams player that's not really anywhere near playing defense right now. Cole Turner's been hurt. So, I mean, I didn't mean to get on the soapbox about the draft, but it's not like Ron's had a great draft ever since A.J. Smith left. Um, so I think he could be in trouble just because his coaching hasn't been great. I think he has two winning seasons in 11 years or three so it's not like his, he's had a he's a great guy. I like Ron a lot. He's been really good for this organization to turn them through this culture change and uh, team change, name change, whatever you you want to say. But it's it's becoming evident. And now that he's you know making comments about like oh, even this week talking about it's not scheme, it's one player missing an assignment each play, and that might be true. But I don't know the reason why you would say that in the media because that player already knows they messed up. Doesn't need to be pointed out. Yes, he didn't name them by name, but. I just don't feel like it's the right move to do it, and that's when you can have players questioning, you know, leadership. So moving on to the game, Carson Wentz up and down, um, like we know the Carson Wentz experience to be. Um, they were making momentum in the second round, excuse me, the second half before he had that high ball to Logan that led to an interception, you know, kind of stunted, you know, a good amount of momentum there. Um, Carson, offense line wasn't great, but did hold the ball a little too long as well inaccurate on some throws had some nice throws on the field I, I like that he throws the ball down the field it's you know refreshing to see from a Washington quarterback which not really is very prevalent in this offense for years now um but you know the interception like I said probably was you know the biggest bugaboo but also the defense played horrible so Carson always had to was trying to make plays down the field and when you do that you're going to take more risk and you know that that ball to Logan was high let do an interception like I said killed some momentum but you know Carson again it's been a quality quarterback for the commander the first two weeks. He's definitely not the reason for this one-on-one start or even um, it could have been 2-0 if the defense you know, played just adequately. And the offense obviously didn't play well in the first half, too. I'm not saying that, but um, offense line didn't hold up. You know, Aiden Hudson, the rookie, second overall pick, had three sacks, made it look easy against guys like Leno and Cosme. So offense line didn't hold up, and that's it's obviously going to be a, a hindrance on Carson. And that goes into my next point. Couldn't get the run game going. Gibson only had 14 carries for 28 yards. Uh, there wasn't a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of holes there. But also, he's a guy that just needs to be more decisive with his cuts and get upfield. I'm glad he's holding on to the ball, but you know, definitely needs a little more um, seasoning when it comes to the running back position. They do need Brian Robinson Jr. Brian's a guy that's obviously a natural running back, gets upfield, a bruiser type of runner, um, and someone that this team is you know going to probably lean on a lot once he comes back healthy. Chase really is out now in the second straight year. He's going to have probably a season any injury. Uh, Wes Schweitzer, as long as he's healthy, is going to be ready to go to the starting center. They're going to get back up. That's why they signed Nick Martin, the former Raider and Texan center. He has a lot of starting experience. Got to pick up a guy like that to come in and back him up. Because if not, it would have been Wes Martin or they had Sadiq Charles taking some rest at center too. Um, so Wes is going to be the starter. Hopefully he's here on week three against Philly because they have a tough interior front. Um, but Nick Martin's a guy I'm sure he's probably going to be active even starting Sunday because he has a lot of you know, NFL experience. Receiver-wise, Curtis was great again. Seven, um, eight catches, excuse me. Great touchdown to hold on the ball there. And it was a nice design play coming out of the backfield and a wheel route. Great throw by Carson. Really happy to see Curtis hitting that potential that I thought he had all along coming over from Carolina. 
Jahan's a stud. It, great catch down the field. Um, that touchdown was a beautiful route off the line, beat his man easily off the line, got a you know, separation right away, gave Carson a good target throw through, tough catch. Dawson's the real deal, three touchdowns in two games. Obviously, that's a great pace, but I mean, he's looking at seven and touchdowns this year, easy the way he's been playing. Um, the yards will come. And Terry's only four catches, 75 yards, a great catch in that deep ball. Really want to see Terry get the ball more. He dropped a screen play, but I want to have you know, some more screens going for him, drag routes, slants, just give him the ball in space. Terry's a guy that can break tackles, and you know, with the speed, obviously, can break open games. So uh, has a great YPC right now. You're up for catch. I think it's 22 yards a catch, but definitely needs some more balls uh, thrown his way. Logan Thomas uh, had a touchdown. It was a beautiful uh, route, good catch, good throw by Carson. Interception to him obviously really wasn't on him. High ball there. Um, but glad to see Logan getting healthy and getting more reps, um, you know, getting acclimated, coming back from that torn ACL. O-line was bad, like I said. It wasn't great. Carson held on to a little too much as well, but um, just a really, you know, bad day at the office. For a de- Detroit defensive line, that's really not that great, so that's not a very good sign going forward. Uh, defensively, there was no real pressure up front. Montez was kind of neutralized by Penny Sewell, Taylor Decker. Uh, Jonathan Allen's going with that groin injury. Wasn't really fully healthy. You could tell that Duran didn't make too much of an impact. Casey Tuchel made a few nice rushes, but, you know, they no real pressure up front. Like I said, they need to bring more blitzing. That's the only reason the defense turned around last year is because Del Rio finally you know, started bring, bringing some more blitzes, and that's why Jamie Davis got a sack on that first series of the game. Derek Forrest, again, was the best player in the secondary, in my opinion. He needs to continue to play. Um, if, if Cam Crow has to go play Buffalo Nickel or vice versa, I think those two need to be out there. Cam Crow, I think, is the best defensive player in the secondary for this team. Um, so obviously he's not going to lose playing time. But, um, you know, Forrest is a guy that deserves to be out there. Um, very smart player. He's a hard hitter. Um, really good ball skills for a strong safety and good against the run. So he, he deserves, you know, as much reps as he can get. Kendall's kind of bad again. Um, he's been struggling. William Jackson was okay. Struggle with miscommunication in the secondary. Again, this you know, big point why Amon Ross St. Brown had that huge play down the field, wide open, two guys with one guy, leaving St. Brown um, wide open in the middle of the field. Um, and you can't let that happen. Armand St. Brown is one of the best young receivers in the NFL right now. Um, good slot receiver, was very, you know, was a sleeper going to the fourth round, coming to USC. Um, and obviously should have been drafted a lot higher. Um, but obviously a bad performance all around. And a lot of that's going back to the offseason, bad personnel decisions. Um, didn't retain Tim Settle after they cut Ioannidis. Um, didn't really make a play to get another linebacker to go along with Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis. There's no secondary depth outside of Kendall and St. Juice. I mean, Kendall and um, William Jackson, St. Juice, like I said, mentioned earlier, dropped the ball on a slot. Not He's not a nickel corner, but they don't really have anyone else to do it. St. Juice is not really a slot corner, in my opinion. No one really is. Kendall's not playing like the way he did his first tenure with Washington as a slot. He needs to be on the outside. Um, Bob McKean's been okay at free safety. Derek Forrest has been you know, very nice coming in, playing for the Cam Curl, but there's no depth in the defensive line, especially with Mathis gone now. Even, you know, they have a guy like James Williams or Casey Tuhill opposite of Montez after Chase is going to be out. They knew, and F.A. Obata's getting reps there, obviously, too, but they knew Chase is going to be out, and they didn't make an effort to really go after someone that could really help them. And defensive line-wise, like I said, the biggest bugaboo for me is, like, why not bring back Tim Settle if Ionitis? You're cutting Ionitis. So, um, you know, you can't even be bad about some of the performances. The, the personnel is not there, and that falls on Rivera and the front office. So, moving on this week, had the Eagles defense. You had uh, Brandon Graham been there forever, Fletcher Cox been there for Javon Hargraves, now their best interior defensive lineman. He had a great year last year, probably a year last year. Josh Sweat on the other side. 
of Graham. Um, he's a guy that got an extension last year, too. He's a solid edge rusher. Kaiser White, T.J. Edwards, Hassan Riddick, and their linebacking core. Riddick's really more of an edge rusher still, but he plays a stand-up as well. Secondary, you got James Bradbury, Darius Slave, Ante Maddox, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps, their two safeties. Gardner Johnson was a steal they got from the Saints. Um, basically cut down deadline day for a guy that's a really quality slot and safety. Um, very, very good versatility coming over from New Orleans. Hargrave and uh, Fletcher Cox are top, top stop up front. They really need West to play. You don't want Nick Martin starting basically coming off the street week one or week three for him, but week one for him. Week one for him, but week three, obviously, in the NFL season. Need West healthy for those two. Son Reddick can be tough off the edge, especially with his quick first step. Need, you know, Charles Leno to be on his A game and, and uh, um, as well as Sam Cosby, obviously. Um, T.J. Edwards, um, not the greatest in coverage. Hopefully they can utilize that matchup, whether it's J.D. McKissick or Logan Thomas um, over the middle of the field. Kaiser White's a small linebacker, really built like a safety. They need to run right at him. Um, granted, running game hasn't been great, but hopefully they can get Gibson going. Um, need to target James Bradbury. Terry cooked James Bradbury all year last year when he was a member of the Giants. And Terry's had some success against Darius Slay in the past as well. Um, but Darius Slay just coming off a great game against Justin Jefferson. Granted, Kirk Cousins threw him two balls right to him, but... Um, you know, I really want to see if we can get Terry on James Bradbury because James can't hang with him and James can't probably can't cover Curtis Samuel or um, Jahan Dawson either. So you want to avoid Darius Slay if you can. I, I still think Terry can make some plays against him and even Jahan and Curtis to an extent, but I, I, I would definitely look at that matchup going against James Bradbury. Monte Maddox can be beating the slot as well. Curtis or Jahan, I think, can, you know, um, go after that matchup. But, but Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, like I said, was a good pickup. He's a guy that's going to play in the slot as well and, you know, play in the box and up top. So he's a good safety. Eagles offense, Jordan Mailata at tackle, Landon Dickerson, Kelsey, Silmalo, and Lane Johnson. Really good offensive line, probably top five, top six in the NFL right now. Jalen Hurts, obviously. Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell, two top backs for them. A.J. Brown, the offseason addition for the first-round pick they got from Tennessee. Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Dallas Goddard. Really good, solid group of playmakers over there in Philly. Good old line, like I said. So, Washington needs to breed and blitz. They're not going to get – I really don't think they're going to get pressure against that front the way they played against Detroit. So they need – Jack needs to make some adjustments. Bring Jamin, you know, from his linebacker position. Bring Cam Curl. It looks like he's going to be able to play after being able to be cleared. He can blitz – he's an effective blitz from the secondary. Um, but, again, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Garter will be tough to contend against, especially the way Kendall and William Jackson have been playing as of late. Devontae Smith is, you know, one of the quickest players in the NFL right now. Not the greatest long speed, but very quick in and out of his breaks. Great hands. A.J. Brown's just a tough, tough receiver over the middle. Big dude. Tough to bring down. Um, hopefully, William Jackson can you know, at least keep him in neutralized. Dallas Goddard's going to be tough to cover in the middle of the field. Cam Crow's been locked up on him in the past and done pretty solid, so hopefully Cam can be out there. Has to play better versus run. We know how horrible the run defense has been. They're going to run RPO to Jalen Hurts, and Jalen's going to have a field day if they don't figure this out because I, I'm not as uh, concerned about uh, Miles Sanders or um, – Kenneth Gainwell, but Jalen Hurts obviously someone that scares this defense and should scare Washington. So he's coming off probably the best game of his career, running and passing. Looked great against Minnesota, stayed in the pocket, um, hit his three-step drops, got the ball out, and obviously had some really nice runs as well. So Philly's clicking on all cylinders. To me, they're the best team in the division right now. Um, I even said that, I think, in a summer podcast preview in the NFC East. So they, they're looking good. They have an explosive offense. Um, they finally got some weapons over there after the, bug, the bad pick of Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, but now they, you know, drafted uh, Devontae Smith, traded for A.J. Brown. 
Um, Quez Watkins is a really good speed guy for them as a third option. Zach Pascal is, is a good fourth receiver for them. They really need Cam Curl back just for communication purposes on defense. And he's, like I said, he's the most talented secondary player, in my opinion, on this team. So be huge to have him back. Um, and, you know, hopefully we'll give that defense a little bit of a spark because they need it. Um, having said all this, I don't see Washington winning this game. I have the Eagles winning 31-21. I just think the offense is going to be too tough for this Washington defense to handle. I think Carson hopefully will play pretty solid to keep this team in, in, uh, in it and obviously have you know, semi-revenge playing against Philly for the first time since he was traded for them in 2020 or 2021. Well, with that, that concludes the Round League episode. Hopefully this team can rectify a bad defensive start and fast because the Eagles have an explosive offense right now. If they don't, it could be a long game Sunday. I'll be back next week looking back at the Eagles game and previewing the first matchup of the year versus the Dallas Cowboys. It'll be a chance to get a win versus a wounded division rival. You can follow me on Twitter at NFLScout21 and Instagram at RomanLeague_Pod. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe. This is your host, Tyler Roman, signing off. See you next time.